Okay. Hi. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome to POV My Therapist, the podcast where I vent, you listen, and you do not get paid. Hi. Hello. Welcome. So for the first time in a long time, I am shooting a video episode um, and we're in a different spot again. I know. And honestly, this spot might change again, but currently we're in my office slash closet. Um, very pink, very bright, cute, like it. It serves its purpose. I know you guys are here for the for the, you know, the words anyways. So I moved my office from upstairs to downstairs because upstairs it was just really freaking loud, echoey, not good acoustics, not great. In here, bitch, I got a rug. I got like a lot of stuff absorbing extra sound. So hopefully it also sounds better because I was having to do a lot of editing in the last couple episodes to kind of get everything together. Okay, so that being said, um, hilariously, I'm still trying to get my mind together real quick because literally right when I started shooting, um, my microphone decided to break. Yeah, it decided to break. So now I'm just kind of like, now I just, I, I have the mic and I had, I had kind of stuffed it in my crotch, the mic stand. The mic stand had broken because there's a weight at the bottom of this mic stand and it just broke. So that's nice. <sighs> I feel a lot of things. So we're going to talk about them today. Um, there's not really one thing in particular, but I just feel like I should kind of let you know what's been going on and why I've been so inconsistent with the podcast this year. I really wanted to be super consistent with the podcast this year, but it just wasn't happening. The love that I had for it, I didn't feel it um, this year. And I just, it's just kind of been me figuring it out. So at the end of last year, I switched podcast distributors. They're really great. Um, they were very helpful and, you know, what's the word? Not, not cashifying. I almost said cashifying. Profitizing? I don't know. It, they were really great in helping me make money with the podcast. It was really nice. It was really great. But I just got tired of hearing myself talk. I'm not going to lie to you. I got tired of hearing myself talk. Every time I had to sit down and edit an episode, whether it was an episode that I recorded a long time ago, whatever it was, I just got so tired of hearing myself talk. And to the point like where I would press play and immediately after pressing play, I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. Nobody wants to listen to you talk. You're really annoying. Ew. Like, why do you think you have anything important to say? So I started feeling like that very consistently and not just like, oh, you know, I had a bad take. Or, you know, oh, this episode isn't that good. No, it was like every time I heard myself talk, I was like, no. So that was kind of getting to me. And also I was having some issues with my appearance. Um, before I go any further into that, I'm just going to cover the things that we're going to talk about today. So you know what you're getting yourself into. Okay. So this episode, we're going to be talking about depression. Okay. In a different way that I have never talked about it before, really, because I've never experienced depression like this. I don't even know if I would categorize it as depression. It was just kind of a slump. It was a lull. It was a, a low point. Um, we're also going to be talking about burnout. Okay. We're also going to be talking about maternal relationships. Okay. Because that was a big part of the problem. Okay. And then we're also going to be talking about self-image and body dysmorphia or whatever the opposite of that is um and then yeah so that's it so 
you know, it went from me not really being able to listen to myself talk. I was really getting irritated every time I heard the sound of my voice. I started kind of feeling like, why do you think you're so smart? You know, like, why do you think people care what you listen, like what you have to say? And then I got to the point where like, I also was at that same moment, didn't really want to have an opinion about everything. I was just feeling very overwhelmed with the news cycle, with everybody really wanting you to be on top of everything, being informed and using your voice and being super loud about your beliefs and all of those things. And it's like, you know, I've talked about this before, but I am a believer that you do not have to know everything that is going on everywhere on the planet all at once. Because if you already have mental illnesses, that can be a really big trigger. And like, yes, it's very devastating that there are so many evil people in the world that do a lot of evil things. But at the same time, unless I'm dedicating my life to activism and actively changing the way people interact with each other and actively changing laws, I have done what I can do. I cannot hold a a threat to a lawmaker and be like, do what I want you to do. I've done what I can. And it makes no sense in the time between the things that I can do that I sit there and I ruminate and I think about and I cry and I get upset and I get overwhelmed and I get anxious and I, 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 I overwork my mind because I'm sitting here thinking, what these people are going through are so bad. There's nothing that I can go through that can be just as bad as that. So in a way, I'm almost like I'm causing myself a lot of harm because I'm sitting here, but I'm justifying it because I'm not over there and I'm lucky to be here. I had to take a break from the internet. That's what we're getting to here. But also all of that weighing in, I just felt like who the fuck wants to hear what I have to say right now? Nobody. Like there's enough going on in the world that you don't need a girl named Divine to start yapping, you know? Like she's just fucking yapping and nobody literally needs that right now. Nobody's asking for that. But the truth of it is people are asking for it. So, you know, I have a job to do. I have a job to do. So now I'm here to do my job. I hope I can continue to do my job consistently uh, because it's my fucking job. So I talked about that a little bit the last episode. But the other thing that I did not talk about, which is about the, the throws and the ups and downs of living at home. Okay. So this last couple months, I would say like maybe like the last two months, I really felt the weight of living at home, even though like I literally have my own apartment in this house. Um, I have my own living room. I have my own bedroom. I have my own office. I have my own very nice bathroom. Okay. Like it's, it's a huge mongoose bathroom. I cannot hear my mother. Like <laughs> when we share a kitchen, like that's it. She has her side of the house. I have my side of the house. It's very nice. It's an ideal setup. I have my own exit. I have my own entry. I have my own deck. Okay. She has her own deck. We do not have to interact. It's very nice to an extent, but being so darn close to your parent, it really just, it tests your patience and calling my mom. I'm going to give you an example. So the other day, I'm making my juice, my morning juice, my green juice, the thing that helps get my bowels moving, okay? I'm making my juice. I cut up my apples, cut up my spinach. It's time to cut up my ginger. I take the ginger and I put it on the countertop, okay? I put it on the countertop and I 
I, I cut the knife into the ginger. I don't cut the ginger. I put the knife into the ginger so that I can then pick up the ginger and cut it while holding it with the knife. I don't know if that makes sense. So I put the knife into the ginger. <sighs> My mother's watching me eagle eyed and she goes, you just want to destroy the countertop. Is that what you're doing? You want to destroy the, mind you, I'm on the phone with my sister, by the way. She's like, is that what you're doing? You want to just, you just love to destroy the countertop, huh? That's what you're going to do. You're just going to destroy the countertop. You're going to keep stabbing it and stabbing it until it breaks into a fucking million pieces. Cause you just want to destroy the countertop. You want the house to be ugly as hell. I'm not kidding you. That's how she's saying it. And I'm like, what? And my sister's like, what's going on? Cause she's on the phone. And I'm like, um, your mother's accusing me of destroying our counters that I paid for, but whatever. And my mom is like, yeah, you want to destroy them. You want the house to look ugly. You hate this house, huh? You hate the house, don't you? And I'm like, oh my God, I've had, had to have conversations with my sister and ask, this is a conversation she's not ready to have, but I sure the fuck am. Okay. The train is going by. I'm going to try to talk over it. I sure am ready to fuck down this conversation. And the conversation is, is my mother a narcissist? And that scares me because I have friends who their mothers are narcissists real bad. And I'm like, you know, my mom is not mean. Uh, I guess she is. Okay, take that back. I totally, <laughs> my mother is not evil. Okay, there's a difference. She's just, I don't know if it's a matter of not knowing how to communicate, but the choice words that she uses are all very knife in digging. And I just never understand it. I really don't. Like, there's so many times in my life, especially recently, where I've just felt like I don't have control. Where I I feel like I'm living this lady's life. Or she's borrowing my life and then returning it and then borrowing it again and then returning it. And... At the end of the day, I will say that everything always does work out for the greater good. It always works out in my benefit as much as I hated the journey of being there. But God has always managed to have my back somehow in this process. And I'm going to tell two stories of this. So while the house was being built and or renovated, there were a lot of money is is a strife like that's what it is money is like a very stressful antagonist money is the invisible demon that lurks behind everybody and ruins your day for no fucking reason because either you have too much or you don't have enough or you have it but it's not in the right place and a lot of what was happening in this situation was that I had it or we had it it wasn't in the right place to transfer money that's enough to pay a contractor it's constant like having to deal with the banks like you like okay an example is the other day which I'll get to this later because it's a part of the story I have 
I have a bank account that my daily limit is $10,000. Great. Daily limit is $10,000. Okay. I don't have $10,000 to be fucking spending all day, like in a day. That's kind of wild. But like, I don't have that, you know, laying around. But the limit is there. For the first time in my life, I try to buy something that's more than 20 bucks. And it's like, no, sorry, can't. Daily limit. Um, This is way more than you've ever spent. So even though your daily limit is 10 grand, you cannot buy this fucking deluxe chicken McFlurry machine. Like, you know, and I'm just like, what the fuck? So then I have to call somebody make them remove the limit. And then it takes like 24 hours or some shit or have to order a check, whatever. So that was happening constantly. So I started opening accounts that had larger limits that let me deal with more money at a time. While the house was being built, you know, the contractor would like be like, Hey, I need a check for five grand. Um, can you send that? And I'm like, or my mom is like, um, no, cause you need this this afternoon. I have to get that shit cleared. What? I don't have it on me. Like, what do you think this is? So then she'd be like, can you write me to me? She'd be like, can you write me a check for five grand? And I'm like, fine. So write her a check for five grand. And all of this is happening. We're swapping money left and right. I'm making notes of all of this. And it's not, there's no discussion or concern or miscommunication about how much is being borrowed. That's not the problem. The problem is not the borrowing because I get it back. Or Actually, it's actually really good because I don't spend it on shit and then I get my money back and then it comes at a time when I actually fucking need it. The thing that was really bothering me and really upsetting me was there'd be a moment where, you know, I've lent you all this money. I'm short on money. I need money. I go to her. I ask for money. And then she'd be like, where are your savings? I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Like that question alone to me is jarring because I'm like, I lent it to you because you needed it. And I know you're going to pay back, but I lent you a lot of money in the last couple months. So what do you mean? Where are my accessible savings? You have them. And we'd have these conversations and go back and forth and it would just feel like I'm helping you do this thing that you want to do. I don't really even feel like I have a choice in the matter. But then at the end of the day, you still have some kind of really mean thing to say to blame me for something that's nobody's fault you know I don't know if that makes sense but that would happen like all the time and then she would and then it wouldn't just be that conversation but then it would go to you know I'm really afraid for you when you have money because you're so irresponsible with money and I'm like how like the only irresponsible thing I've done clearly is lend you money which is not even that irresponsible because I'm gonna get it back but you say that like all of this money that came into me, like I used it. I didn't use it. I lent it to you. And then she would get very offended when I reminded her of that. It was very manipulative shit. But then when it was time to pay back, she would pay back and it'd be fine. So for the last few weeks, 
me and my therapist have been basically asking, and I've been asking myself in my moments of calm, is saving money worth my peace of mind? I don't have an answer. I don't. (laughs) I don't have an answer. Because, you know, some days are better than others. But then every once in a while, that knife will go in really deep. And I will just think, I cannot emotionally recover from this. I hate being here. And sometimes I feel like anger, new anger that I've never felt before. New rage and dislike that I've never felt before. And I found myself thinking, you know, having a lot of moments where I, I, my mom will say something very mean and spiteful to me. And I don't have a response. The only thing I can think of is if you weren't my mom, you wouldn't be my friend. I know that much. But then I have other moments where I'm like, you know, you can't do what you don't know. And I and I have to remind myself that I didn't really have a good I didn't I'm gonna be real with you. Like growing up I didn't really have parents. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like that's what it feels like. It wasn't consistent enough to feel like I had parents. Like my sister is my parent. My sister is my mom and my dad. Um I, you know, I, I live with my mom. I live with my grandma and my sister. My grandma was the baby. I live with my mom and my grandma and my sister from zero. I was shipped off to Haiti when I was two months. Not even, I think I was a month. I was shipped off to Haiti when I was a month. I lived with my grandmother and my sister until I was eight. And then, um, we lived with my mom, but my mom was always working. So my sister was the person I saw the most. I probably saw my mom four hours a day. Okay. And then on the weekends I had activities. She was always tired. She was really trying her best. And I can't fault her for that either. Because she was trying her best. She kept that roof over her heads, but I didn't know her. She was just a lady, a caretaker. My sister didn't know her. And... Because my mom has always been a single mother, I think there's always been that expectation of us children to kind of be assistants. She never really expected us to have a husband role because you know how some mothers do know. It very much was giving like executive assistant to the branch manager. I was the executive assistant. My sister was the branch manager. And, you know, my mom was a busy lady. She was very busy. And I think in the times when she did spend with us, where there should have been emotional affection, there was a lot of material affection. I don't recall knowing, like, who my mother is growing up. Like, anybody that gave me an ounce of affection, I was like, oh, you my mama now. I wanted to spend all the time with them. I wanted to be around them all the time. I was like obsessed with my sister as a child. I was obsessed with my Spanish teacher when I was in fourth grade. Senora Dugal. Buenos dias. Como esta? You know? Because that lady was so... She gave me a lot of maternal feeling. 
And the thing was, she and my, she understood where my mom was coming from. This is like the immigrant problem, the immigrant thing. You don't have the privilege of just being a mom. You don't have the privilege of being maternal because while you're being maternal, you're also the boss. And if you're unlucky enough to have an ancient husband, you're also dad, you're also caretaker, provider, you know, you're everything to everybody. And then you have family overseas and you are sugar daddy fairy. You are everybody's caretaker. It's a lot for one person to be stretched very thin. So, you know, as I'm like getting older and stuff, there's when she says really mean shit, I don't look at her and I'm like, I used to, I used to, I used to be extremely hurt. There was one time I had like a meltdown. I don't think I've ever, I've never in my life cried like that. (laughs) Never in my life cried like that. But something snapped in my brain at that point. And I realized that, you know, when my mom says really hurtful things. They're not coming from, I don't, I don't know when she says really hurtful things to me, it's not like I'm like, oh, you're really like, you're an abusive person. You're, you're an abusive adult. When I look at her and she's saying those things, I see my three-year-old niece who I told her to put down the fucking brownie and she's like, well, fuck you. And she's like, that's why nobody loves you. That's why when Elmo is doing the alphabet, he skips D because he hates you, divine. Like, that's what I see. And and I a lot of the times when that shit is happening, I laugh. And then, you know, that pisses her off more. And then she's like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, because you're acting like a toddler. And then she starts having a tantrum. And then she's like, how dare you call me a toddler? I'm not a toddler. I'm not a toddler. And, like she was, and I'm like, you know, so I'm like. I, I can't take this to heart. This is, you have your own stuff and I can't take it to heart. But back to what we were saying earlier. So yeah. And then, so I live with my mom from eight to 14. I'd go back to Haiti for the summers to spend time with my grandma up until she died. And then at four, I don't even think I was 14. I think I was 13. At 13, me and my sister moved to Georgia and I lived with my sister until I went off to college. And then that year, my sister moved to Alabama and then I went off to college. And then two years at college, my mom got into a car accident and then I moved home and I finished off the last two years of college at home. And then I've been home ever since. I've had like little moments where I didn't really live at home, but I live home, you know? Um, I have my own space. I have my own wing. Literally, sometimes I'm like, this situation would be so perfect if there's a step, there's a, not a step, there's a a little um, staircase that goes down into my wing of the house. My house is shaped like a cross. So, I have one of the arms of the cross and there's a little staircase that goes down into my side of the cross. And sometimes I'm like, I, in a perfect world, I would put a door there. Okay. Put a door there, put a key there. I would change the living room. I'd turn it into a kitchen, a open concept kitchen with my own kitchen, with my own 
that living room there. I never have to go up there. I never have to interact. We can visit each other when we want. I think about that all the time. I very much do. And then I, you know, if I could pave the side of the, the, that yard and then I could drive in and out and leave when I want to. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. You know, I have a very nice setup. So I'm really like, do I want to pay full bills? Even though I pay full bills, you know, but it's like, do I want to pay full bills and then be living like an hour away? And then I think there's a lot of fear to that too, because as an adult, I've never lived alone. As an adult, I've never lived alone. I'm scared. And I'm like, I barely have friends. I got like two and a half friends. How do I make more friends? How do I date? How do I? I'm horny. I'm going to be inviting niggas to my house. And that's not okay. So I'm like, there's a lot to think about. And I don't want, you know, I'm paranoid about everything. I'm a crime junkie listener. So I'm like, I don't want one of these learning lessons to end me, you know? And I'm like, also like, is is my dog going to be okay? Because she loves my mom. Like what? So it's like a lot that I've been thinking about. So now I'm thinking about moving in with my sister. I'm codependent. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm thinking about moving in with my sister. So all that stuff is happening. But what I was saying earlier, um, that was a mommy issues part of the story. But moving on to the next part of the story, which was my has been my last three weeks, which has been the last. I've never had no fucking three weeks like this in my motherfucking life. And I hope I never have another three weeks like this again. Okay. So I'm going to tell you this whole story and I'm going to start framing it by explaining that I accidentally manifested my dream car. Very lucky for that. Assalamu alaikum. Hamdulillah. God bless. I accidentally manifested my dream car. How the fuck does that happen? You may ask. Well, here goes the story. So... I wake up one morning and I'm thinking I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to be, cause I've been getting sexy. Okay. I've been getting sexy and I lost 20 pounds. All right. And we're going to talk about that later, but I've been getting sexy. I lost 20 pounds. I've been at the gym. I've been working on my fitness. Nobody is my goddamn witness. Cause I go by myself and I wake up and I go into the kitchen to get my morning tea. And my mom is like, girl, the car is not working and we share a car because a couple years ago my mom got into a car wreck and she totaled her car so my mom was like the car is not working and I'm like girl what do you mean the car is not working she's like yeah I went to it had been also storming really bad for like three days I've never un in the words of Donald Trump unprecedented amounts of water falling from the heavens terrifying shit for real like look outside and it looks like you're behind a a waterfall very terrifying shit dog this was also god this was also when my dog gave me a concussion my dog gave me a concussion because it was raining she was scared she woke she was trying to wake me up from my slumber she came up to me and starts tapping on me it's not working because i took a sleeping pill she smacked the shit out of my head. And when I woke up, my eye was inflamed and I was concussed. Okay. So wake up, ready to go to the gym and, you know, ready to ice my concussion, ready to go to the gym, whatever. Mom was like, the car's not working. And I'm like, why? And she's like, I think it might've been something with the rain, but all of the warning lights are on. It's saying like, it's saying like, what, what did it say? 
was like hybrid system failure, some shit, girl, like really dramatic shit that I was, I was like, oh no, that's scary. So I go outside, I turn it on so I can get what codes it's reading. And so I know what to say on the phone. And then we call AAA and they're like, we're going to send a tow truck to send it to the dealership, Toyota dealership, because I have a Toyota Camry, Camry hybrid. <sighs> send it to the dealership. We're stuck in the house for like two days. And we're out of groceries bitch everything was just going wrong okay so we're out of groceries um and but that day thankfully everything really worked out in the end I'm not even gonna lie to you we're out of groceries I actually get gifted a a food box like a food prep box that has like 10 meals in it <laughs> and I'm like oh my god god you're so good make these meals whatever everything's great we're stuck in the house for like two more days I'm getting a little antsy Cause I'm like, I'm just getting on my skinny girl routine. I cannot do this. So I'm like, I tell my mom like, Hey, can you call the insurance and ask them like if they'll provide a rental car since the car has been towed where it's over the weekend, the dealership can't work on it until like Monday or Tuesday or something. And she's like, yeah, I can do that. So she calls them and then the dealership's like, cool, we're going to send an adjuster or adjudicator. I don't know. It starts with A. But we're going to send somebody out there to look at the car. We don't have the car. The car's at the dealership. So this person goes to the dealership to look at the car. We get a call back the next morning and they're like, hey, the car is totaled. Excuse me? What do you mean the car is totaled? Like, yeah, the car is totaled. And we're just like in fucking shock. Okay, so and the insurance is like, yes, we will give you a rental car. That morning, I wake up with diarrhea, Okay, thinking that it must have been my newly found recipe of oatmeal cookies that is sending me to the party in this manner. So I'm not like feeling too hot, but I think I just have food poisoning. I think like I'm okay. Everything's fine. I'm shitting all morning. I don't even try to eat because my stomach's that upset. You know, I'm taking little sips here and there, whatever. It's not until around three o'clock that it dawns on me that I have not been able to keep down any water or any food. And at this point, I'm also projectile vomiting and vomiting a lot. And I don't really have anything in me to vomit. And I'm starting to get really bad cramps and constrictions in my stomach because of how much I'm heaving. I have no intention of going to the hospital because it takes so fucking long to get seen. And my mom's like, just go to a family doctor. And I'm like, how? With what car? It is pouring rain outside. Okay. I have to call a family friend. They bring me. I'm throwing up, shitting, sharding, farting, throwing up, coughing, shitting, and farting at the same time. Losing my shit. Okay, literally shaking, fever, not well, crying because I'm embarrassed, <laughs> feeling like a drama queen because I'm hooked up to an IV and I am like, ah! just feeling pathetic as shit. Okay, <sighs> turns out I have a stomach virus and I have COVID, bitch. Go home. I'm out of commission for like three, four days. So we go to the car dealership afterwards because I'm, you know, like three, four days. I start feeling better. I'm not contagious. Everything's fine. 
we get a rental, go to the car dealership to find some cars. My goal is that me and my mom both get cars because I am tired of sharing a vehicle. Okay? So, I'm thinking, you know, we both get a used car. Great. I see this Lexus. I love her. She's gold. She's a sports utility vehicle. She's cute. I love her. I'm in love with her. I name her Goldie. I tell the guy, I'm going to buy this car. And he's like, okay, great. How do you want to pay? And I'm like, okay, wait, though, because I have to make a transfer, and that transfer is going to take 48 hours. Can you please hold the car? And he's like, until when? And I'm like, I don't know, 48 hours? And he's like, okay. So 36 hours go by, and I get the transfer. I'm already on Amazon shopping for car accessories. I'm showing Goldie to all of my friends. I'm thinking about all of the adventures me and Goldie are going to have. She has a rack on top of her. So I'm like, I'm going to learn how to surf just so I can put a surfboard on top of the car. <laughs> like, she's perfect. Precious is going to love the back. Um, the Lexus cars, they have little first aid kits in the back that are like embroidered and like so cute. I'm like, oh my God, if any of my friends get a splinter, I'm going to be, wait, I have a first aid kit in my Lexus. Let me get it. And then I'm like, oh, let me bandage you up. Do, 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 do. I'm a nurse with my Lexus. Daydreaming. Okay. Already, I'm loving my car. Loving her. Loving you is easy because you're beautiful. This is where I was. I was in love. 36 hours pass. I call the dealership niggas i got my motherfucking shekels together bitch i'm coming oh mind you hold on let's rewind real quick the day before he had called me down to the dealership hold on i gotta adjust my foot absolutely went dead the day before he'd called me down to the dealership because he was like, how much you got? I was like, I have $3,000 in my account right now. <laughs> I don't have the money you is asking for, young man. So he's like, that's fine. He's like, come down to the dealership. I'll take that down. You might even be able to leave here today with the car. And then you can just come back once the transfer is complete and we're good. And I'm like, <sighs> go down to the dealership. His boss is like, no, sorry, Bob. That's not happening. <laughs> I'm devastated. Go home empty-handed, okay? Okay? So, go there. Um, Go home 36 hours later. Call. Somebody bought my fucking car. Someone bought the car. I was devastated. I was beside myself. I was broken. I actually entered a depression. <laughs> Which sounds stupid, but I did. I was so sad. I was so sad. I was so sad. I did not feel joy for a solid like four days. And then on top of that, my mom was like, I'm getting a minivan. I don't care. She okay, yeah, my mom was like, I don't care. Um, she basically was like, I'm going to use your down payment. I'm going to borrow your down payment. And then, um, or she was like, I'm going to borrow the money you have. I'm going to use this down payment to get a minivan. And I was like... 
working up the courage to be like, go fuck yourself, but it was taking a long time to work up that courage. Um, so we're looking at all these goddamn minivans and they're ugly as shit. They look like cockroaches. They look like, they look like cockroaches that are airplanes. Do with that what you will. So I'm like, yeah, no, this is not happening. I'm calling my sister for courage and backup. I'm calling my therapist for courage and backup. And this is the peace of mind thing that we're talking about, you know? So, uh, we look at a couple minivans, but the interest rates are fucking high. I don't mean like 11%, 16%, 17%, very expensive, not worth it in my opinion. Okay. And the monthly payments are coming down to like damn near 700 fucking dollars, which I know we live in a new time where dealerships have TikToks and they're trying to normalize extremely high payments. That shit is not normal. It's not normal. In 2016, when I got my Camry, she was used, okay? But my monthly payment was like $212, okay? With interest, with all of that shit included. The shit these car people are trying to sell you now is a fucking mortgage, okay? It's expensive for a depreciating asset, which is nuts to me, okay? So my mom is like dead set on getting this minivan and we go home for her to think about it and she's like sick. She's like sick to her stomach because it's just too much. So she's like, I'm not going to do it. So she goes on our local Toyota's (laughs) website and She, like, pulls up a couple cars, and she's like, these are your choices, okay? It's between, like, a 2014 Highlander, 10 years old, a lot of miles on it, and then a fucking Prius, okay? And I'm like, neither. But if I had to pick, the Highlander. So, we go to the car place, and we ask for the Highlander. And the guy is like, oh, girl, it's out of commission. Something's really wrong with it. They might just break it down and sell it for parts. And I'm like, what the fuck? So my mom's like, that's it. We're getting the Prius. And I'm like, what the fuck? So they bring the paperwork. And you have to put like 4000 5000 down on a fucking ugly fucking like 13-year-old fucking Prius that's ugly as shit. Okay, looks like a fucking roach rat. Okay. And I look at her, I'm like, I'm not giving you no money. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not giving you no money for this fucking rat. And she's like, I'll pay you back. And I'm like, I ain't, I don't give a motherfucking damn. I don't know where that courage came from, but I got it. I was like, I'm not giving you no goddamn money for this motherfucking rat. And not only that, but the payments are still coming up really high for this ugly motherfucking rat. I'm like, this is not happening. This is not happening. And she's like, it's happening. Like, she's about to bully me. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm a grown woman. I will leave you here at the dealership. So the car guy that's helping us is like, do you want to test drive it? She starts signing papers, mind you. 
okay? Starts signing papers, and then the cars, the guy is like, do you want to test drive it? I'm like, yeah, let's go fucking test drive it. I get in the driver's seat because she doesn't want to drive. And y'all, the Prindle is, the Prindle, the gear shift is next to the AC vent that faces you. The Prindle is in front of you, like up here. It's not down here, okay? The Prindle is in front. I'm, I start laughing. I start laughing. It's the only thing I can do. I start laughing and I'm like, this is hilarious. It's also raining outside. So we take this car on the test drive. Why does it sound like the outside is inside the car? We not inside no car. We outside. Okay, bitch. A donkey would have been a smoother ride. Okay. Then that fucking Prius. It got to the point and I could hear her panicking when my mother was like, is there a window down? There must be a window down. There has to be a window down. And the guy was like, there's no windows down. Okay. This is just a fucking Prius. And I'm like, girl, we're not doing this. I'm like, I, in my hearts of hearts, I know we're not leaving here with a vehicle. Okay. Especially if it's this Prius and it definitely will not be happening with my money. Okay. So we go inside. My mother is absolutely gagged by this Prius in a bad way. She hates it. Chop like hates. She's in shock and like, she's like starting to have an anxiety attack. I can see it. And I'm like, all right, I'm literally going to just take this over. I'm like, what other fucking cars do you have? And the guy is like, we have a couple of RAV4s. So I'm like, all right, well, let's pull one up. Let's test drive it. Test drive the first one. I don't really like how it feels. And I'm like, is it you? Like, <laughs> I straight back. I'm like, is it the way you're driving this car? Because it feels like shit. And he's like, um, no, it's not. It's just this bottle. It's a base model. So it doesn't have any like the luxury feel, the trim, the whatever. So I'm like, how much is this car? He tells me how much it is. It's not that old. It doesn't have a lot of miles on it. And I'm like, I don't like how it rides. I'm like, how much is like the next model? And he's like, well, for like, um, last year's model with this much, um, miles on it and with, um, like nicer accessories, a higher end model, whatever. It's only like two, $3,000 more. So I'm like, okay, like what's the total? And he's like, it's this much, this much. And I'm like, okay, well, if I put down a third of the cost of the car, like, what is my payment going to look like? And then he tells me and I'm like, all right, I, I'm like, this is the car we're getting. Okay. The guy brings out a newer model, nicer model, red. She's cute. I drive her. I like her. Um, we sign the paperwork. I pay for it. My bank gives me a problem because of my daily limit. That's not really the daily limit. Stupid as fuck. Leave. I have a car. I get home and I know that I took screenshots of every car. I was going to make a TikTok about every car that I went through before I landed on my RAV4. So I start looking through my pictures and I'm not finding them fast enough. So I go to the search bar and I put in car and I, I put in car in the search bar. And then I see a car in my screenshots and it's like a green car, but it kind of looks like my car. And I'm like, oh, right. Like, 
at the beginning of this year, I was thinking I need to make a vision board. Let me start screenshotting stuff to put on my vision board. Let me let me look at it. So I click on it. I open it. And I had screenshotted this January 18th. Okay. And then 10 days later, my car died. Okay. And I never got around to finishing my vision board. Okay. Which I'm literally going to do today. <laughs> never got around to finishing my vision board. I opened the car picture, the screenshot that I took 10 days before this debacle was even on my mind. And it is literally the same car, same model, RAV4, same year. It was just green. I was shook. I was a little shook. I was like, holy shit. Because on my vision board, I had that car and then I had a Toyota Tacoma because the thing is I had always on my vision boards. I had always put, um, I had always put like Mercedes and then my friend got a Benz, a Mercedes Benz. I drove in that backseat and girl, after that, I was like, you cannot gift me a Mercedes. This bitch is very uncomfortable. It's not pleasant at all. Like I felt like I was in a corset. I did not, I just wasn't comfortable in the car. And then the other car that I was interested in were like BMWs, but looking into them, I'm like, you have to, some of these car brands that are like really nice and bougie and the cars that we put on our vision boards because we're bitches and we're cute and I love us. They, you have to really like cars. Like Porsches, you got to love cars and you got to love being at the dealership. Same thing with Range Rovers. You got to love being at the fucking uh, mechanic. Okay. And then the same thing with BMWs, you like constantly having to maintain it. Like these are cars for people who love cars. I love cars, sure, but I'm also just a guru, okay? I go to the dealership, like when I go to the dealership because I have to do maintenance on my car, I'm flirting the whole time because I want the best service, okay? I'm not really interested in learning about what's going on. Now I am because now I have a car that I'm really interested in that I really like, so now I'm like, oh, I want to know how shit works. Ooh, I want to replace the Prindle and put a, a, a crystal Prindle there. How do I do that? You know, um, I want to replace the, the cloth seats with leather seats. How does one do that? Okay. So like, obviously I had no feelings about my Camry. I did not really like her and kind of hated her and go lie. But she took me where I need to go. She took me on many journeys in this life. And then, so... It all aligned very well. And I was like, this is so amazing. This is really great. And I'm, I feel so thankful and blessed um, at this very moment. And the funny thing is when I sat there, cause I had to pay my down payment. When I, I swiped my card, didn't go through. It was like fraud. Okay. So I had to call the bank. And then when I called the bank, I got like the sweetest guy on the phone. And he was like, um, I was like, hey, I just tried to make a payment at the car dealership, um, but it's not letting me, even though my daily limit is this much. And he was like, yeah, it's just because you never make purchases, I think. So I will fix that. And then um, I'll let you know when it goes through. So he's like, click, click, clicking. And then he fixes it. And then he's like, try again. And then so the guy swipes my card and then it goes through. And I'm like, oh, great. It goes through. And then, you know, the guy, he goes, I really hope you enjoy your new car. I hope it takes you to many places filled with love and happiness. And I was like, 
like, this is so wonderful. And then the guy that was like doing the car stuff, one of the finance guys, he was so sweet too. Like it just, everything just aligned really well. And then I didn't realize any of that stuff about my vision board until I got home. And I was in such shock. And I was like, quickly, what else do we need to manifest? <laughs> like, I was like, money. I was like, niggas, we need some money. Manifest it quickly. So I'm like, how do I? do that i'm like because i'm like trying to wrap my brain i'm like all right how did we do this the first time we were just taking pictures of stuff that we won't put on version on our vision board and i had also taken a picture of a closet in like a really nice house so i'm like all right i'm gonna do a vision board i really am i've been talking about this for a while but now i really have to do the vision board but yeah so that was this episode i know it was a lot but this was today's episode and i'm really happy to be back um this felt right again it felt right. It didn't feel like a chore because I tried to record an episode last week and it was in front of the camera and I just was not feeling it. Um, but we're well over the hour mark at this point without any editing. So I will talk about the body stuff that I want to talk about next week. Um, but yeah, I'm happy you guys are here. Thank you. All right. Bye guys. I love you so much. Okay. Um, follow me on Instagram, vinephilo, V-I-N-E. Vine Philo, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O, same as my Instagram, what, same as my TikTok, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O, I love you so much, you are so wonderful, I hope your week is amazing, I hope that all of the things that are pissing you off, that are making you mad, that are really testing your ability to keep your mind and your wits together, I hope it all pays off in the end, okay, I love you so much, have an amazing week, Mwah. bye!